Welcome to the Aiden Mari podcast and thank you for listening. This is a podcast where we like to explore faith, the Bible, and trying to better follow Jesus. This podcast is a collection of sermons, interviews, and also me just rambling about different things about Christianity or what's on my mind or conversations we're having. We're trying to upload weekly, so hopefully that happens. So I hope you enjoy and let's get on with this week's episode. So if you haven't been around, we've been going over through this series called The Greatest Show, based on the movie The Greatest Showman, um, and, and it's been quite a journey, actually, when you think about it. So how we started was, it's based on a true story, this is based on the movie about P.T. Barnum, who is the guy who started the circus, true story, and we saw P.T. kind of have this dream, and he called out all these weird people, like girls with like full-on beards and like dudes who weighed like 600 pounds and people who were very small. Um, and, and he called out all these people who were outcasts and felt like they didn't matter. And he actually gave them a purpose and, and a reason to, to kind of live and also a community um, where they felt like they belonged. And we talked about how that's like Jesus and Jesus calls us out and he's calling us into this place, into um, Lakeview Church, where we are to serve him and glorify him, and it's actually where we find our place. And then we met this guy who's played by Zac Efron um, called Philip. And Philip was this rich dude. He had everything he wanted. He, he partied all the time. He had girls. He was, like, ripped. And, and he really had everything he wanted, but he actually still felt lonely inside. And P.T. sees this, and he calls him, and he's like, hey, come join my circus. Help, help me run it. Because um, I know that you're looking for meaning and you're not finding it in what you're trying to find. It. And that's what we talked about last week, how in Jesus we find meaning. And now we come to the conclusion. And we skip over a ton of the movie. But what happens is, um, long story short, Circus is going really incredibly well. PT goes away to, to kind of advertise it and get it to be even more famous. And, and then what happens is it actually, there's a riot because of what PT is doing. Because he's taking these people Um, that are looked down on and actually giving them a purpose. And so there's a riot, and the people burn down the circus, and they're left with nothing. And P.T. comes back, and then this happens. And so that's it. And so what happens is this guy, uh, Philip, he he knows that, that there was a little bit of a risk in coming with P.T. And so he took all of his money, he saved it. And so when everything burns down, he's actually like, hey, I can afford to run this place, and I'm willing to. And so he sacrifices all of his money, all of his savings, and he's already sacrificed his entire lifestyle, but he decides, hey, for my friends, I'm going to sacrifice even more because they matter to me. Because at this point in the movie, these, these people are no longer just friends. They're actually family, and it's deeper than, than just friendship. Like, they see each other as family. And so Philip is willing to give away his money, movie ends, they buy the tent, which is like famous for circuses, and then they sing a song, and the movie ends. Uh, <laughs> but I think that it's something to really look at, is we've seen, we've seen this journey of PT calling people out, and calling them to something greater, and what happens is actually a family starts to form, and what happens is, is people who wanted nothing to do with this thing, all of a sudden are willing to give up everything for this new family they found, and I think that's really significant and I think that's what's going on here at Lakeview. I think honestly in your small groups you have the opportunity to not just be friends and hanging out to actually become a family to become something so much more than just a group of friends who hangs out to become something so much more than just another youth group or another thing you go to but to actually become a family who cares and loves for each other and and 
And the thing about family, and this is actually a backwards idea, and it's going to sound confusing, but there is an I in family. And, and what I mean by that isn't that it's individualistic. What I mean is that there is a sense in which a family without an I actually can't spell family. And what I mean by that, not really in metaphor, is that you have a place here that in your small group, you're actually valuable. Like, your small group needs you. We need you in this community. Um, and you might feel like, well, I'm just on the, uh, the, the sidelines. I'm not really involved. And it's like, that's, that's the thing is I want you to realize that you are super important to what we're doing here. And you're super important to your small group. And in order for you guys to move past just being a, a group of people who awkwardly hang out together during the week and actually become something more, is to actually take ownership and realize that I've been called to something greater, that Jesus has done something for me. And because of that, now I want to do something for the people in my small group, for this community. And I think that you have an important part to play. And I think that, that there is an I in family, that there is a place for you in this family. And, and so I want to kind of dig into that. And so we've been going through the Gospel of Luke, which is just a biography of Jesus written by a guy named Luke. And Luke writes another book of the Bible. He's a doctor. He goes around interviewing people, and he writes this book called Acts, which is essentially just about what church was like at the very beginning after Jesus died, rose from the dead, went up to heaven. Essentially, that is what this book is all about. And so Acts, um, what happens is the disciples, who are the guys who follow Jesus really closely, what happens is they, they are told by Jesus, hey, go out and, and tell people about me. And so this guy named Peter, who's kind of like, uh, he's kind of like the Philip of this crew, he stands up and, and he starts preaching um, about Jesus to people and, and doing kind of what I'm doing here in front of you guys. And he did it to a bunch of people who knew nothing about Jesus, and he tells them about them. And then 3,000 people... Um, after his sermon, which means he's a significantly better preacher than me, come to know Jesus and follow him. And, and then it says in the Bible that this happened. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which means just Peter, the disciples, those guys who followed Jesus. So they devoted them to their teaching and to fellowship and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, which is like, um, it's a thing we do where we celebrate Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection. And to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them and to the apostles, and they performed many miraculous signs and wonders. They were doing all kinds of crazy miracles. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. And they sold their property and their possessions and shared the money with those who were in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. And so I want you to kind of see this image of this group of people who are meeting together. And, and what happens is they hear about Jesus and they're like, okay, I don't know much about Jesus. I just know something like Peter said that he died for me, that he rose again, and that he's God. Okay, sweet, I'm in. And they, they meet together and they come together and they're meeting at the temple. And what happens is they start to not just be strangers and even not just be friends. They start to be a family and you see it. They start doing really weird, radical things. Like they start selling their possessions to give to the people in the 3,000 who need stuff. So, for example, if it was like someone in your small group, you're like, man, I know this dude needs some money. I'm going to sell my PS4 so that he can have some money. Like it's that kind of crazy stuff. And, and they start caring for each other. And they're there for each other. And when they go through hard times, they're there. And, and these people start to realize we're not just friends. This is family. Because of what Jesus did, we're a family. And that's what's happening here. 
and it's radical. And, and it makes me think of, of this whole idea of gangs. Because <laughs> you know, like, like gangs, if you enter into the gang, what happens is you have each other's backs no matter what. And, and, and even in that, there's like a super commitment that's way above anything else. Where it's like, hey, the gang's meeting together, you better be at the meeting. And, 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 or else, like, bad things will happen. And that's not what church is like. But it's an example of, in a gang, you're so committed and you're unified and, and you're, you're together. And you're working towards something. And in the same way, I think often, if we think of the church like this, where it's like, man, us here meeting in small groups, meeting in youth, if we started to be like, man, we're so committed that it's almost like we're in a gang, which is crazy to say, but, but, but we're committed to something and, and we're following something and we're holding each other accountable to it, holding each other to what we think is true and being like, hey, why weren't you at youth this week? Like, and it's like, oh, uh, I don't know, I just played Fortnite. And it's like, no, come on, you gotta, you gotta get down here. We got, we got stuff to do. And it starts to become something deeper. But then there's also this. So, so there's the commitment. And then there's also this other thing which we see here, which is the sacrificial love that isn't just what friends do, isn't what strangers do. It's actually what family does for each other. And, and for example, selling stuff you have to give to the people in need. Um, and, and this happened for me when I was in junior high. I, I got a laptop. I love the thing. I just got it. I was like, sweet, my first laptop. I don't have to use my parents' computer anymore. I got my own thing. This is legit. It's the most expensive thing I own. This is awesome. And, and I was in junior high, and I knew there was some kid in senior high going away to college. And I heard him talk about how he didn't have money for a laptop. And I sat there, and I was like, huh, that sucks. <laughs> and I just, I didn't really, like, think about it. I was like, oh, that sucks. That's too bad. Um, and I kind of, like, moved on. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know if this happens to you, but I was, like, sitting at home alone, um, doing who knows what, and all of a sudden it was just like, hmm, maybe you should give, give him your laptop. And I was like, well, what, wait, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's a bad idea. Like, this laptop's cool. Like, uh, I want to I wanna kind of hold on to it. it. It's the first laptop I've ever owned. It's really expensive. I can't afford another one. I don't really want to give this up. Like, I worked hard for this. But it just kept coming in my mind. It was like, man, you should give him your laptop. You should give him your laptop. And eventually I was like, all right. I just got to do this, because if I never do this, I'm just going to live with a ton of regret. So I walked up to my youth pastor, and I said, hey, uh, I, know, I know he needs a laptop. I will give him my laptop. I want you to give it to him. Don't want him to know. Um, that way, I can't ask for it back, unless it's really awkward. Uh, <laughs> and so, so my youth pastor took my laptop, gave it to him. I don't know what happened. The youth pastor kind of told me he, like, cried and stuff. I don't know, stuff like that. Um, and he got, like, really emotional because he, he, he really didn't know what he was going to do. And, and the thing is, now, looking back, even in the moment, I never, actually, when I gave it away, I didn't regret it anymore. Like, it wasn't hard. And, and I gave it away, and, and it was hard leading up to it, but I didn't miss it. And, and it was because I knew that it went to someone who needed it. And, and in the same way, there are things here, and it might not be a laptop, but it might be just time. Like maybe during the week, you guys need to actually hang out. Like not, not just here. Like maybe you need to actually be friends. Um, wouldn't it be weird if the only time you hung out with your friends was like when you were forced to hang out with your friends? Where it's like, well, parents say I got to go to youth. So where are my friends? And it's like, are you really friends <laughs> if you never hang out outside? So maybe it's your time. Maybe God's going, look, you guys need to spend some time together. Like hang out. Um, maybe it's also other things. Maybe you see each other in school and, and you walk by each other and it's awkward because your friend groups don't like mix. 
maybe it's actually being like, hey, like, let's hang out. Like, come into my friend group. Like, let's actually hang out. Or maybe it's deeper. Maybe, maybe you see some, some of the guys or girls being bullied in your school. Maybe it's like, hey, this is my family. Like, I got to stand up for them. Or maybe it's that someone's going through something incredibly hard, and it's like, all right, how do I do this really difficult thing of, like, going through these hard things with them? How do I help them through this? And, and it's those kinds of things. It doesn't have to be a laptop. But what are the ways that you guys can start to become a family in the sense of you got each other's backs. You're not alone. You know that, that you're, like, together. And it's deeper than just friendship. Because that's what Jesus is calling us to here. He's calling us to, to something deeper than just hanging out, than just having fun. He's actually calling us to be a family. And so as I kind of wrap things up, I want you to think about that this whole idea that there is an I in family. That even if you feel like, man, I'm new here. I don't really, like, this is, oh, <laughs> like, I'm new. I don't, I'm not really plugged in. I don't really know anyone. And I think God's going, I want you to know that there's a place for you. And they're like, actually, you're not here by accident. There's a reason why you're here. I've put you here because there's a purpose. And there's a way that, that you play a role in this family, even if you don't see and don't understand it. And so I want you to kind of think about that as we think about this whole idea of there is an I in family. And Jesus displayed this for us to, to the max. Because what Jesus did is he looked at a bunch of people who didn't actually want to be family with him. And, and, and he went, you know what? I see these guys who have this need, and it wasn't a laptop, it wasn't hanging out, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't stopping bullying, it was actually like, these guys are on a path where, where they've chosen to make mistakes. Like, we can all admit, have we, like, we've lied, um, <laughs> we've maybe bullied sometimes, um, maybe we've lusted, maybe we've gossiped, and all those mistakes had a cost the Bible talks about, and that cost was death. And so Jesus looks and goes, I don't want these people to die because you look around the world and you see it right like you see death and and like pain and suffering and cancer and hurricanes and you're like man the place is messed up and Jesus went yeah it is and so what he did is he came down God in the form of a man um, and and he came and and he took all of that onto himself all of our mistakes um, all of our sin everything you've ever done wrong he took it onto himself for you so that you didn't have to and he died and then not only that, he didn't just die. He came back to life to not only prove he was God, but actually prove that, that there is a new life, a new way of living. And so what Jesus did is he displayed this kind of love for us, like PT displayed for all of these people what it means to be part of a family, even when they didn't realize people were calling them to that. And then what happened was it, it transformed them, and they were given a new life. And by the end of the movie, the people who were the most stubborn and wanted nothing to do with it and were selfish are actually the ones giving up stuff because they've now been transformed by that, like we're transformed by Jesus to actually be a family. And so I want to ask you this, one question, uh, just to think about. It's how is God calling you to be part of this family? At, at Lakeview Youth, what is God calling you to? What is one way that you can step out and, and be more than just friends with your small group? Maybe you don't even like your small group. Like, that's a reality. So maybe it's just actually doing things you don't like. Maybe hanging out with them and going, you know what? I am going to be a family with them. Because family doesn't always get along. Family doesn't always like hanging out together. Um, family sometimes is awkward and messy. But they're still family. And so maybe it's that. Or, or maybe it is just hanging out. Maybe you guys need to actually just hang out outside of youth. Maybe, maybe you need to, I don't know, practice hockey together. Maybe you're like, hey, we're both into hockey. 
let's just go, let's just go shoot pucks on the ice. Why not? Or maybe it's like, hey, let's just play Fortnite online together. Why not? Like, nothing wrong with that. Maybe girls, you're like, hey, I really like painting nails. I'd love to paint your nails sometime. I don't know what girls do. I'm a man. Um, what, what do, well, I've, I, it's not the same. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you guys are like, this is what we should do. Maybe you're really good at school and someone isn't. Maybe you need to help someone like Joel who's failing and actually come alongside them and help them out. But honestly, though, like what are the ways that God is calling you to actually start making this a family and more than just a place you hang out? Because there is an iron family. And so I'm going to pray, and then you guys are going to be able to peace out into your small groups. Uh, dear God, we thank you for today. We thank you, God, that, that you have called us out. And, and not only that, that, that you went ahead of us. You showed us what it was like um, to live like a family before we even realized that's what you were calling us to. God, I pray that you would help us to think of ways that you're calling us to make this place a family, to make these people a family, to make our small groups a family. God, I pray that you would help us to know what it is you want us to do. And you'd also guide us and, and help us to actually be a family. I thank you for today and everything you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.